Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is another day that we set aside for a purpose. As in last week, we set aside a day for the Reformation, to celebrate the Reformation. And so it is today that we set aside another day, another celebration. The celebration of All Saints Day. All Saints Day is November 1st, but we celebrate it the very first Sunday in November. A celebration that we as a church have done since at least the 4th century. But it kind of moved a little bit. It didn't always have an established date. That didn't happen until around the 7th century. It was around then that we more or less established it where it is. But I get it. We don't always trust church traditions. Some church traditions in the past have gotten skewed and and, and gotten off the mark and gone in all different directions. By the time of Luther, so many church traditions were so misguided. A lot of them having to do with Mary. There was something about Mary laced with almost every tradition. And yet, this tradition has stuck with us. We've, we've pushed this tradition down the road, and for good reasons. For good reasons we've kept this tradition. It reminds us as Christians that we are not alone. Not just that we have other Christians that are around us in the world today, but that we have other Christians that have gone before us. That we have 2,000 years of Christians preaching and teaching. 2,000 years of saints, people that have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. We even change our pyramids. We change our pyramids to white, pure white, white like snow, white like you would see in the polar caps where the penguins are, white as a representation for the robes that they wear as they stand before the very throne of God, cleansed and purified by the very blood of the Lamb. But it's also a hard day. Because this day also reminds us of the saints that have gone before us. Many of them loved ones. Many of them people we remember and we miss. And so it can be a hard day, a challenging day. And so we look for words of comfort. We look for words to comfort us during this time. And we find it in some of the most beautiful words of all of Scripture It even has a special title. We call it the Beatitudes, the Blesseds, the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus goes up to the side of a mountain and begins to proclaim his word to those that are gathered around. Blessed. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those that mourn. These are sweet words. These are beautiful words. Words that really do touch us to our core. We we are inspired by these words. And yet the more we dwell on them, the more we think about them, to some degree, as beautiful as these words are, almost they almost can become harsh. I mean, I like to believe that I'm meek. 
But there are times, definite times in my life when I am not meek and I am anything but meek. And so how do I become meek? And what about the poor in spirit? How do I become poor in spirit? And do you really want to become poor in spirit? But blessed are the poor in spirit. How do I make that happen? How do I do that? And so these words, as beautiful as they are, as sweet as they are, they come with a kind of challenge, a kind of element that almost has a little bit of a harsh ring to it. I believe one of the reasons that we can struggle at times to read this passage that's right before us is because of, well, two distinct reasons. One, one is a reason that I talk about all the time, and that's the lectionary, right? I love the lectionary. I absolutely love the lectionary. It has its pluses. It stops pastors like me from getting on one topic and preaching on it over and over and over and over again. That is to say, it forces me to switch text. So that's a plus for the lectionary. Another plus of the lectionary is it forces us year after year to cycle around on the life of Christ. Our entire church year is completely built around the life of Christ. Christ forms the very center of everything that we do, even our scripture readings. And so those are some huge pluses. However, there's also that negative. That negative that sometimes we read a scripture reading and it gets cut off right before it goes into anything else and and sometimes we miss some of the points and some of the elements. And that's kind of true today. We have the very first part, the Beatitudes, and then we miss the rest. Now sometimes this text actually pops up in Epiphany season and when it comes up in Epiphany season, we get a little bit more. But even so... We're talking about three chapters, two chapters, all of it. And what happens after this? What happens after these beautiful words of Christ? We get some of the most harsh law in all of Scripture. We get some of the most harsh texts that are hard even today for us to read. Does your eye cause you to sin? Rip it out. What about your hand? Cut it off. Do you hate your brother? You've already murdered your brother in your heart. These are harsh words. Words that remind us, that remind us that we cannot escape God. God sees. God knows. Even if it's something that we've never shown to anybody else, even if we hate our brother and we never never let anybody else see, God knows. And he knows we are sinners. And the other thing that causes us a bit of a problem reading this passage is we're not ancient Middle Eastern people. And I know that might sound a little funny, but ancient Middle Eastern people had a unique way of reading things. We see evidence of it all throughout Holy Scripture and various texts, especially in John's books. But even in today's reading, We see a little glimpse of it. You see, they had a way of reading things and listening to things where it was almost almost cyclical. It was like they took the very beginning section of things and then they utilized that as a lens to view other things. And so, to put it into perspective like this, we have all of these blesseds and then we have this really harsh law. 
for a Middle Eastern, ancient Middle Eastern person, they would read through the blessings, they would get to the harsh law, and then that harsh law might just create something. If I find out I'm a terrible sinner, it's going to humble me. And if it humbles me, I'm not going to be prideful. I'm going to be meek. And then I go back around. And Jesus says, blessed are the meek. And after hearing some more of that law, again and again, it might just tear me down. And I might find myself thinking, man, you know, I thought I was really good in spirit, but really I'm quite poor. I'm poor in spirit. And all of a sudden I hear those words of Christ again. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And so we come back again and again. Yes, we experience the very harsh law of God. But we also experience the very blessings that God gives to us. We are reminded again and again that we are blessed. Not because of us, not because of what we have done. We, we, we have the harsh law. But we are blessed because we have a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are blessed because we have a Lord that is going to go so far for us and has gone so far for us, who dies on the cross for us. All that he can forgive us our sins, that he can cleanse us with his very blood so that we can stand before him in robes that are white, not because we deserve them, but because he has given them to us. Because he is a great and wonderful God who says, blessed. So blessed are you. Blessed are you who have faith in Christ Jesus. Blessed are you who are forgiven by Christ Jesus our Lord. In his name, amen.